Hey, Kev, let's let's follow this trail over here. This looks like there might be something waiting down there. All right. Hey, wait a minute. Do you hear that? Yeah, I thought it was just me. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. Whoa, do you smell that, too? That's unbelievable. Hey, look. What the? Hey, look, those, those branches are moving over there. What the heck is that? Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. It, oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters podcast. I'm your host, W.J. Sheehan. Hello, everybody, and once again, welcome to our show. My name is W.J. Sheehan, author of the series Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters, available at Amazon and at Audible, iTunes, and Amazon in audiobook format as well. Please go out, buy a couple of copies, show some support for our show, and in so doing, you will make me very happy. And now, may I introduce you to my brother and co-host, K.J. Sheehan. Kev, how are you, bro? I'm doing great. How about you, Bill? Fantastic. We had a nice day today, and tomorrow it's going to rain like gangbusters. Oh, really? So they say. Well, it didn't rain here today, which is surprising that you're getting rain. Well, good. Maybe <laughs> it might be okay, because yeah, it was maybe, a beautiful day here today. Maybe it'll dissipate. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Unless it's coming in from that evil Pennsylvania. Ah, <laughs> I wish Bigfoot on Pennsylvania. <laughs> You don't have to wish Bigfoot on Pennsylvania. <laughs> they got it already. Yeah, yeah, they got some strange goings on over there, man. They do, they do. Oh, yeah, boy. That whole triangle thing. Have we talked? We haven't really talked much about the triangle up here, have we? No, no. Someday we'll start digging into that because there's a lot of goings on up here in the Northeast. Yeah. You know, we have this triangle up here. You have the Alaskan Triangle. Uh, we have the Bermuda Triangle, okay, which everybody knows about. And I wonder, uh, maybe make a little study of triangles around the world and mm. what it is about these locations and these triangular uh, uh, fixes map-wise that, that, that are involved in these areas. It's just kind of odd. Yeah, we'll take a look at it. You know. We will take a look, but yeah, Bill, the weather's been great here, but the pine tree pollen is brutal. Yeah. So if I start sneezing in the middle of this podcast, that's what it's all about. Well, uh, you and me both, I have chronic sinusitis, hmm. and that was diagnosed, I don't know, 40 years ago. And, I don't uh, have that, but when my black pickup truck looks like it's bright green from an alien planet, <laughs> that'll make you sneeze and cough and wheeze. <laughs> hey, maybe you, maybe you should do what they do around here. If you want to ride in the HOV lane in New York, some people put a dummy in the passenger seat <laughs> and try to fool the cops because you're not there supposed 
You're not supposed to be by yourself in the HOV lane, you know? Yeah, we don't we don't even have an HOV lane, so it's like... You just speed everywhere. I was going to say, if you want to go fast, <laughs> you just do over 100, and that's your lane. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, listen, this is kind of funny, and I won't move on. Uh, I have Allstate for insurance. And in my car, I have this little thing called a DriveWise device. Oh. And uh, you're supposed to get discounts for uh, maintaining under the speed limit. And uh, I actually had an argument with them one night uh, because they penalized me for driving after 11 o'clock. And I said to them, I'm in the healthcare industry. You'd be glad I'm there to help you if you came in in a critical <laughs> way. And they would have none of it, you know. I really? told them, like you're going and coming from work and you get penalized for that? Yeah, they, they apparently they say more accidents happen after 11 o'clock. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I guess all the hospitals should shut down and you can come back for your ER call in the morning. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Can you imagine that? No. So anyways, the drive-wise speed limit is 80 miles an hour. Nice. Now, we, you know here on the island, the top speed on the expressway is... And the parkways is 55. I mean, you could get away with 60, 62 or so. I don't think they'll bother you. But 80? Well, I mean, I have such a hard time when I come up and visit you and I get on the road at night, you know, on like the LIE, right? Long Island Expressway. And like the speed limit is 55. I mean, I think it's 55 in a school zone here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I mean, when I go out to the beach <laughs> on the interstate, it's 70, and, like, you can easily do 80. Yeah. yeah you know, I mean, 70 is the, I think it's like 65 is the minimum speed limit. Yeah, like, they'll pull you over for being a grandma. At yeah, 65. you're too slow. Get off of the road here. <laughs> so, my brother, what do we have tonight in our cryptids in the news and other oddities? Yeah, segment? we're gonna we're gonna look like we have before. Uh, not in a while, though. I was looking back. We're gonna look at two videos, and I know you know this because I alerted you to the fact. I mm -hmm. I sent my brother Bill, who normally right well all the time he's six hundred miles away from me, and normally I give him zero clue as to what we're gonna talk about. But if we're going to review some videos, I sent him the videos the day before. Right. And uh, this time we're going to review two videos that I'm going to put on BigfootTerrorInTheWoods.com, a couple of YouTube links. And um, I think they're pretty cool, but we're going to have a little banter back and forth, unrehearsed. I only told him which two videos to look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first one um, is a video that someone took of what looks like a Sasquatch north of Banff National Park in Alberta, Canada, which is, by the way, one of my favorite places in the world is Banff National Park. I mean, just spectacular in any direction you look. And this video, it's taking during the day, so it's crystal clear. It is snowing out, and it's taken in a dense, snowy forest, but during the daytime. And you did have a chance to look at this one, right, Bill? I did, Kev. And by the way, that Banff or Banff area is legitimately 
a Sasquatch hotspot. Oh, it's a Mecca. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, have you hiked up around there? I have. It's spectacular. But I, I just can't believe you're in there without a weapon, man. <laughs> but I mean, to each their own, you know. I mean, but that a it's lot. It's Canada, Bill. It's Canada. I, even if I had a weapon, I couldn't tell you that I did. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> I did have a uh, a couple of fire extinguisher size bear or Sasquatch expectorant spray. Meaning, like, <laughs> if you get a whiff of this, you're gonna barf your brains out for like 15 minutes, long enough for me to get somebody else between you and me. Yeah, well, listen, <laughs> uh, well, listen I I agree with you in that. If you had a spray bottle of some of the perfume I smell around the hospital, <laughs> I think these people are like dropping their body in a 50-gallon drum and climbing I, out. I may, have to, I may have to take some of that as a backup, Bill. Is it uh, like Jean Nate or something like that? No, it's, <laughs> uh, as we say in French, eau de toilet. <laughs> because it's, uh, it smells like odor from an old toilet. <laughs> yeah, these uh, these uh, women uh, think they're hot stuff, and God help you if the elevator door closes and you're in there with one of them, man, because it'll freaking kill you. There's no way a Bigfoot is coming near you when you're wearing that odor toilet. You know, that would be a lot cheaper than uh, <laughs> yeah. the bear spray that yeah. I buy. Yeah, if they got good good sense of I'll smell. I'll think about it. I mean, it could be a good backup, if nothing else. And does it keep the mosquitoes <laughs> away? I. Man, I think it'll keep everything away from you, including your wife. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. All right, so back to this first video. So it's about a minute and 52 seconds long, which, by the way, why are all these videos about two minutes long? (laughs) It's kind of funny. Like uh, almost every video I've reviewed on here is about two minutes long. Is there a a timer on the phone? Because I know... No, I mean, there is a memory issue. Like, if you make it really long, it's hard to move that video. Okay. Then. But, yeah, I mean, you know, two, and two minutes, in fairness, is a pretty long video to record. Yeah, I I only ask because one night I had my iPod on me, and I was by the Shinnecock Inlet uh, watching a moon rise. Mm. And here comes a fishing trawler chugging along through the inlet, it was pristine, and I pulled out my uh, iPod and started filming it, uh, and it ran out. It it wasn't mm. that long, Kev. It, the re- video yeah. just stopped, and that was it. So I don't know what to say about that, you know? I don't know. You might be one of the last people in the world using an iPod to videotape that, but that's another <laughs> story. <laughs> So People let's are like, he must be misspeaking. It's not yeah. an iPod, but it no, is that's an iPod. Me. It is an that's iPod. <laughs> he didn't say iPad. He didn't say iPhone. It is an iPod. Yeah, I love my iPod. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, I'm okay with it, but just in case people think you're misspeaking. No, I definitely an iPod. So let's get back so to in this video, bump. this, this two-minute long video, you are, it's a close-up of what I would call a Christmas tree, okay? So some type of fir, maybe about eight feet tall with some other bigger trunk trees around it. The snow's falling. There's snow on the trees. I mean, it's a, it's really like a beautiful 
image, right, Bill? Like, you know, it's pristine, it's pretty. And you're looking at what appears to be you know, what I would call a Christmas tree. And you see this blackish gray long hair between the boughs of this Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm thinking when I first started watching it for the very first time, I'm like, oh, it's some kind of like moss or something like that. You know, like down here in the south, we have the parasitic Spanish moss that grows on the trees. It hangs down, you know, it looks pretty, you know, but if you know it, you don't like it because if you get it on you, it's itchy, you know, it's it's awful. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're looking at this and then all of a sudden it starts moving. Yeah. From left to right. And you see this face with these black eyes. And it's a completely hair-covered face. You can see the nose, but you don't see, like, the leathery features that, you know, are typically reported on and filmed in some of the imagery that we see. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's just this hair-covered, but, like, this dark gray, um, um, long long hair too moving back and forth with these big black eyes Mm -hmm. and you can hear the photographer who's very close like this isn't something that you're like what is that is that a stump you know whatever this is something that's moving right there seems like very close by we don't know what kind of zoom the photographer is shooting at but you can hear the photographer moving a bit in the snow like you can hear the snow crunching under their boots but you know you don't have and i would say unfortunately you don't have any of that reaction of like holy crap what the heck is that yeah you can hear them moving in the snow but you don't have that reaction now perhaps they saw this and it could certainly be that they saw it before they started the camera Mm-hmm. Right, because they're right there zoomed in on it once the camera starts rolling. Yeah, now did you also notice, Kev, that there was a deer jammed down to the left of that one uh, bush? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, you got to go back and look at that. There was a deer there. I saw the muzzle and the black nose and one eye. Uh, there's a hoof sticking out. And a little bit of the hind quarters, and it's oh, like, like a de- a dead deer. Yeah, dead. It looked like it was kind of jammed in, almost hidden, definitely dead. Oh. Uh, about what appeared to me maybe fifteen feet away from this creature. Wow! In in the snow down below, like just kind of slightly to the left of where this guy, whoever it was was facing with the camera. Wow. I looked at this thing like 40 times. Yeah. I don't Uh, doubt it, but I didn't see it. But I was really like locked in on these black eyes of the creature. So it it looked to me like this creature had a kill there. Oh, that could be. We don't know because there's no commentary. It's just a video. So you don't know what this guy did. Was he hunting? Did he spy out the deer and walked up to look at it and then saw this other thing secondarily? But that thing, uh, which looks like a giant Sasquatch with that strange, really long, shaggy fur, was not too swift to leave the kill. 
No, well, it's still close by, though, right? So yeah. who knows? And it is, I mean, uh, the thing is, Bill, it is stealth-like. Yeah. Right? I mean, it. even when you're zoomed in on this Christmas tree-like, you know, tree, it's hard to see until it starts swaying a little bit left to right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that thing is a freaking monster. And yeah. So that's what I was going to ask you. What do you think? You think it's the real deal? Well, you know, you know, my position is that I don't like to poke at people uh, who I don't want to be the guy that says, why is it so shaky? Why is it oh, so no, still? And by the way, this wasn't that shaky. Like, right. This was that's why I think this individual that filmed it came upon this, saw it. You know, maybe it was sneaking up on the kill like you were talking about, Bill, the kill that they had made as a hunter. Uh-huh. And then they got their camera out and started filming it because it definitely wasn't the kind of thing that snuck up on them while they were filming something else. They started yeah. the camera after they saw this thing. Yeah, and th- what I was getting at was, though, not that his film footage was shaky. It was excellent. Yeah. But I don't want to be the guy like those who say, how come this picture's so shaky or this one's too perfect? Yeah. You know, but what I would like to have had was some commentary about the how to like what was I doing, what happened next, you know, thus, thus and so, you know. Yeah, or at least a reaction too, like I was saying, like holy crap, like look right. at that. You know, now, nothing. If you noticed there was at least once where he zoomed back. Yeah. So the the creature was a little bit further away than the close-up shots indicated from him. But I'm telling you, bro, I don't know how uh, somebody stands close to that or doesn't start walking away immediately, uh, even if it's slowly so as not to startle anything, once you've seen that thing moving uh, against that tree. No, yeah, and I'm saying like, when it's zoomed out, I would still say it's within 20 yards, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, it's close. Yeah. I mean, and when it's, it's zoomed in, it looks like it's 10 feet away. Right. So, and the, when you, you know. see the size of that thing, now, granted, uh, that that creature, and folks, you're going to have to look at the videos that Kevin posts to appreciate what we're talking about. That, I... Rarely do you hear a description of a Bigfoot that has that much dense fur on its body. I mean, I head, to, head to toe. Right. But, of course, it is in, like this we think was taken in January. It was posted on January 1st. Right. So it was taken in late December, probably. Mm-hmm. And um, it is in north north of Banff. Yeah. In Alberta, British, in Alberta, Canada. So not British Columbia, right. Alberta, Canada. And really, I mean, it's cold up there, man. Yeah. So, so if Bigfoot, you know, if they grow uh, some extra hair in the wintertime, which I'm sure they do, um, or I shouldn't say, I, I think they do, like all the other hairy creatures of the world, mm-hmm. um, you would think. Like this could be, but it, it it does have the characteristics, Bill, of like when we go through the accounts, like no neck, you know, it's just like, yeah, you see this head and the eyes, but the hair comes down like right into the shoulders. Yeah. 
of the creature. It's really just like a giant mop. Yeah, like I looked at it, Bill, and not that I thought this was what it was, but it looked like a sniper wearing a ghillie suit, you know, where it's this giant mop. Yeah. And I don't mean that this looked like a ghillie suit. I'm saying the same kind of structure. Yeah. It didn't look like a ghillie suit. It was black, black, long, charcoal-covered hair. Charcoal-colored, easy for me to say, hair. Right. And, you know, Kev, again, when you look at these creatures, if that thing wanted to, uh, you would have, I don't care what you had with you, you'd be lucky to get a shot off before that thing broke you in half. Because that creature is a monster. I mean, just gigantic with huge long arms and I can only imagine the power uh, that's in the body of a creature like that, man. It's just uh, mind-blowing. Yeah. But, I mean, also, looking into the eyes, I don't know, Bill. That would be tough to shoot, too. It's, like, so clearly some type of intelligent animal. But I'm not a big hunter. You know yeah. I mean? I'll, I'll defend myself, but I'm not a big hunter anyway. But looking into the eyes of that thing, I, I wouldn't. Well, you could tell it was well aware of the guy's presence. 100%. Yeah, and it wasn't going to move. Not threatening, not growling, not doing anything, kind of trying to hide. Yeah. Yeah, like it got caught off guard. Caught off guard, and it's trying to stay still. Kind of like when you see a rabbit in your yard. You know, like, I'll stay still, and maybe they won't see me. But this thing is so camouflaged, you know, way better than a rabbit. Yeah. Well, it it had to have been that it must be used to the way animals react to it when it's hiding in that type of way. 100%. But I mean, you talk about how hard they are to see. Yeah. And I use the stealth like terminology all the time. And this thing, like, even when you're zoomed in on it, until it didn't, until it started to move. Right. It looked like it was part of that tree. That's correct. Yep, you'd be hard you hard pressed to differentiate Crazy. if you if you were looking panning a, a a group of trees in the woods, uh, there would be really nothing really outstanding to draw you to that, unless for some reason you decided to focus. But if you were just panning the woods, uh, I I think that thing would uh, not be seen. No, by you'd you. never see it. I mean, right. I I tell people all the time, our listeners all the time. Because I get these videos from our listeners constantly, right, Bill? And I thank them for it. The -hmm. first thing I do is I load it up on the big monitor, and then I scroll on the bar quickly because you can capture the movement. You're like, whoa, check that out. There is something in there. Or there's Mm -hmm. two things in there or three things in there. Mm -hmm. And then I watch it in real time. Yeah. But it's kind of like when you when you scroll through on that bar and move it quickly, and you all of a sudden you see what you thought was a tree move you're like okay that's not a tree yeah yeah and awesome. those those eyeballs on that critter were black like an eight ball oh on a pool goodness. table yeah no uh no uh white of the eye at all yeah just black yep interesting and by the way folks you know when you see it you'll agree with me 100 percent. not a bear of any kind <laughs> no but i gotta point that out bill right yeah. like yep. i mean it's bamf 
there's bear all over the place. This was not a bear. No way. Unless it was a bear wearing a ghillie suit to look like a Bigfoot. <laughs> I mean, if there's such a thing, I'm willing to say that was a possibility. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, Maybe was looking quite... for a picnic basket. Yeah. Hey, hey. boo-boo. Yeah. Hey, boo-boo, <laughs> got any picnic basket? <laughs> <laughs> Hiding from Ranger Smith. Yeah. Gee, Yogi. <laughs> hey, that was pretty good. <laughs> All right, so that's the first video. And the second video is in the same area. That's why I put them together. So the yep. second video is in the same general period of time, but it's from a utility worker who's out checking on an oil pipeline, and the dash cam of his work vehicle is shooting out in front of the vehicle, and it's snowing out. And they say that the footage was shot 30 miles east of the Banff Park boundary near a place called Nordag, Alberta. So mm -hmm. same general area. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, um, you know, the film's running. And again, I'll put it on our website, BigfootTerrorInTheWoods.com. The film's running and you see this guy with the hard hat walking back and forth in front of the truck where the camera's shooting out over the hood. Snow's falling Ground is white, again, during the daylight. The the radio's playing in the background, which is kind of interesting, like talk radio, talking about whatever, you know, they're talking about up there in Canada at that time. And um, he comes back and forth, and he gets in the truck, and you hear his cell phone ring. I forget what the ringtone is, but it's something a little silly. It rings a bit, and you're like, what is that, his cell phone? And then he answers the phone, and he's like, it's like it's his supervisor. He's like, yeah, everything looks good here. I'm off to the other part of the pipeline to check it out. And he starts driving away, and the dash cam's still running as he's driving away, and there's this creature in the edge of the woods that, in my opinion, it looks a lot like the creature that was on the BAMP video. Yeah. Again, very hairy, dark gray, kind of smoky gray colored, with snow on top of it because it's snowing like crazy in amongst the cedar trees, you know, the pines, the classic Christmas trees. And it's there, this black, blackish gray object among the light green and snow-covered light green trees. Yeah, and you could see the distinct shape of the head. It's like a side view. The head is... Mm conical sloping down backwards and there's snow on the fur like it had almost like a veil draped exactly. over the back like of a its veil. head. That's a great description. Yeah. And again, though, the head is blending right into the shoulders. Yeah. Oh, it's you just, know, there's no neck. And, right? and there, there you kind of have it, Kev. We're talking about an encounter that happened like in the same basic region, 30, 50 miles away from the other one. And the two creatures are both, like, really thickly covered in this uh, dark uh, kind of fur, you know? Yeah, so blackish gray fur. Yeah, you may be right about... Uh, I'll have to get back to my buddy, the moose hunter up there in Alberta, and ask him when he saw his Bigfoot, was it, like, really... Uh, rocking the fur, you know, the long fur or hair. <laughs> yeah, rocking the long hair. Yeah, no doubt about it. It was like the hippie Bigfoot. <laughs> no ponytail, no beard, no beard ponytail either. But, you know, 
could have could have pulled it off if they tried for it. But so this dash cam footage, by the way, so the guy's driving away. He didn't see it when he was driving away. Apparently in the comments, it says like they went back to review the footage later in the day looking for something else and saw this creature, which is yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, it, it goes by quick, but it catches your eye, which, you know, again, I don't want to be the critic, but part of that kind of, uh, I don't know, rubs me the wrong way that if you were reviewing something for something else, uh, according to what I saw, he had just left the place he was checking out. Yes. All right, it didn't seem like... uh, No, within a minute. Right. Maybe even 30 seconds. So why would you be exploring uh, the film... Or, or even have caught that. If anything, I would have been fast-forwarding to the next area. Like, did you see anything else in there that he would be looking at as an oil? No, and you're right, Bill. And on the phone call that he receives, he's kind of like, you know, he doesn't literally say this, but it's kind of like, yeah, there was nothing to see here. I'm going on to check the rest of the pipeline. Right, which probably wouldn't have been a minute away. Right. So I just, I, I don't know. I'm just. But, but that said, Bill, the guy's in the middle of nowhere. No, I got you. Yeah. And it wasn't like he was trying to dupe you by giving you some elaborate picture of a Bigfoot. Uh, what's there is consumed by a lot of trees. Yeah, but I mean, it could be some weird uh Bigfoot-like shaped stump or something like that without the snow gathering on? I mean, I don't know. I don't think that's what it is. Right. But it could be. But at best, in the in the camera shot, at best, you're looking at, what, maybe 20% of a body of a Bigfoot? I'm looking at it right now. I'd say two-thirds. Two-thirds? Two-thirds, yeah. I think it, from head to, like, knees. Okay. Yeah. All righty. But a quick glimpse. You know, it's a two-minute video, two minutes and nine seconds, the whole video. But it's probably like five seconds of the Bigfoot. Yeah, it's quick. It's quick. But But it it is clear, too. You know, again, it's not at night. It's during the day. It's not shaky. It's a dash cam off this pickup truck. And, uh... But, yeah, can I say definitively that's a Bigfoot? No, but it is certainly, does, you know, like you look across the whole background, one of these things does not look like the other. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> the old no. kindergarten game, you know. And back to the first one, I really would have liked to have seen more footage going away. Now, did he run out of ability we don't see him you remember the guy we saw looking at the trees down in mississippi uh or florida Florida, or whatever no that's exactly and he's like holy crap and he 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 ran man and you saw the legs stood up he was like whoa yeah no that's what i mean that's a lot more believable yeah this one without any setup and without any finish i mean it still looks real to me but I'm like, ah, what the heck happened before and what the heck happened after? Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see some continuity, you know. I'm with you there. Uh, but I, it was fun to look at these two videos again near Banff, like you said, Bill. Definitely a hotbed area of 
all things wild. I mean, the reason why the place is so spectacular is it's so rural. You know, once yeah. you go to the other side of Lake Louise, uh, which is probably where this stuff was filmed, you know, where the train doesn't come through and all the tourists get off. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's really rural. Yeah, you're way out there. Wow, that's incredible. Good stuff. Well, what do you say? You want to move on to an account? I do. What do you got for us tonight, Bill? Well, this uh, this particular story came by way of a woman named Mary Stein. And it's about a sighting that she had while hiking the Merced River uh, in California. So check this out. This oh, is you really... know, Bill, I have rafted down the Merced River. I think it runs through Yosemite. Uh, well, you're going to like this then because this woman is an avid hiker. Uh, in fact, you'll hear in the story she's been in here probably a couple of dozen times at the very place where at this time she has a sighting of a Sasquatch. Nice. So let's jump into it. Mary says, this trail is one of my favorite places for a short hike. It's located near Coulterville, California, and I would say that it is a moderately difficult hike for someone with a good pair of legs. I've probably hiked this trail more than 20 times, but I haven't been counting. There is an area where the trail takes a bend into somewhat of a canyon. This part of the trail can be kind of sketchy hiking at times, with there being a lot of rocks to walk and balance on. You could easily turn an ankle or worse if you're not careful. The trail also changes from year to year and even season to season, especially if any storms have passed through the area. It's not uncommon to come across large trees that have fallen across the trail or even areas which have been completely washed out by torrential rains. It's challenging, but it's also quite unique and beautiful. After this bend, you enter into a small canyon where the trail starts to ascend, and this area can get really precarious. As you ascend, you pass several watering holes and a couple of cascading waterfalls. On this portion of the trail, there are spots where one side is jagged rocks and unstable ground surfaces, while the other side is a steep hillside that is dense with trees. So she's very descriptive here, trying to bring you into uh, where it was she was hiking. On this particular day, we were, we were approaching a bend where you find yourself positioned just slightly above the river. The trail was extremely narrow, but at this junction, it was still passable, and you are tucked into a shallow canyon with hills rising up both on your right and left-hand sides. The river ahead of you disappears around the hill, but we could clearly see ahead of us several hundred yards at this point. At this point, there isn't much to obscure your view, with the hiking surface being comprised of flat and oddly shaped pieces of gray-colored stone, which are scattered everywhere along both sides of the river. As the slope ascends to your left, there are all kinds of low, scrubby-looking brush 
covering most of it. The slope itself is very steep and likely several hundred feet or more in elevation. The point that I'm trying to make here is that if you were to hop over the river and try to make this ascent, it would take you quite a while to do so, being extremely difficult. So we're hiking down this stretch. Coming up on the bend, some five or six hundred feet ahead of us, and we notice something hunched over in the river up ahead. At this, at this distance, all we could tell was that it was dark in color. We stopped to watch for a couple of minutes, and whatever it was stood up quickly, uh, stood up before quickly crouching back down again. Whatever this was, we had now seen with that simple movement that it had two legs. And from this distance, it appeared to be way larger than a man. My partner had already said to me that nobody would be dressed in black out here. And they definitely would not have a black hood on their head. I was in total agreement. As we started moving forward in the direction of whatever this was, it jumped up quickly and flailed around to face us. Seconds later, it took a couple of steps out of the river and passed out of our view temporarily obscured by some trees and brush. No sooner had it disappeared than it reappeared out of the brush and started tearing it up the steep hillside that I just told you about. This creature made it up the entire hillside using its arms, hands, and feet in about 30 seconds. So she just described this hillside as being about 300 feet steep and very arduous if you were to climb it. And she sees this thing blast up the slope in 30 seconds. As it went over the top, it stood up, took one leisurely step, and was gone. We both knew that we were looking at a Bigfoot, and the encounter had left both of us speechless. As we walked down to where it had been in the river, we could see some rocks flipped around. They were wet on both sides. So the Bigfoot must have been turning rocks over, searching for something in the river. We then saw the spot where it had disappeared in the brush for a moment. <clears throat> and based on what we had seen, we estimated that it was close to eight feet tall. We then moved to the base of the slope that it had just scaled. And looking up the side of the slope, we concluded that the stamina and strength of this creature must be incredible. I stood at the base and I wondered how long it would take me to ascend the same slope at speed. I could probably have climbed it in no faster than about 15 minutes and I'd need a couple of wind and water breaks. Its agility reminded me of the fireman's competition, where they race up the tower, race up to a tower, throw a long ladder up against it, and then climb the ladder as fast as they can to ring a bell. It was the fastest dash I had ever seen, and it scaled close to 300 feet of nearly vertical terrain in, as I said, about 30 seconds. I then asked Mary to focus on any details uh, of the creature that she could recall. 
And this is what she said. First of all, it's like I said before, it was very dark in color. When it turned towards us, we could see its face, but not with enough clarity that I could accurately describe its features. When it stepped out of the river, it had to quickly watch its footing on the uneven wet stones, like a human would have, so it didn't immediately leap out of our view. However, when it started to bust it up the side of this hill, its speed was unreal. Its arms were extending and retracting as fast as its legs were pumping. It was very much like watching an old movie when they sped up the action for laughs, being virtually a blur of movement. It did pause for a single second. Uh, it didn't pause for a single second. Dirt, rocks, and pieces of brush were flying behind it like a whirlwind. When one arm and one leg was extended during the climb, it had to have been 12 feet or so from hand to foot. I still walk this trail today, and I'm hoping to see it again. I didn't feel threatened at all. After all, it ran away from us. It was easy to see that it didn't want anything to do with people. However, that isn't to say that I'd like to be cornered by such a beast. This was a large, large creature, which easily could have been a thousand pounds or more in weight. And I can personally attest that this was a life-changing experience. How about that, Kev? That's spectacular. How do you like the description of her seeing this thing wailing up the hill with branches and rocks flying down behind it? Yeah, and you know, you, you, we hear these accounts all the time, Bill, where where the, the witness is saying, especially when they go over and check the area afterwards, they're like, there's no way anything human could do this. Yeah, and uh, certainly not fast. Right. And her, her description of the leg and arm extension when it happened as being 12 feet. Yeah. I mean, that is some length, man. That's well, crazy. you figure if a Bigfoot's eight foot tall and it's got like a five foot long arm or something, whatever they have. Yeah. Uh, you put that arm out over your head. You're already eight foot tall. Uh, you add a few feet onto that. I mean, I think she was spot on, you know. Uh, all of her, all of her uh, eyeballing measurements sounded fairly accurate, you know. Hey, you're dunking a basketball without jumping. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> You just, just stand in front of the hoop. Throw me a pass. Throw me a pass. I've got this. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. So you uh, rafted the Merced. I did. I think it's the Merced that runs through uh, Yosemite. I mean, uh -huh. I know Merced is a city that's between Yosemite and the coast. And we have stopped there when we've been in Yosemite, like one of the points of civilization is Merced. But I think, you know, I, I can't look it up while we're sitting here talking, Bill, but I think the Merced River runs through Yosemite. I, I might be wrong, and I apologize if I am, but that's just my brain telling me that's that's the name of the river. Well, you know, if you're wrong, you know what the penalty is? Uh, we get a lot of mail about it, but I'm happy to hear from our listeners. No, the actual penalty is uh, being tied to a tree 
in the Banff National Forest for 24 hours. With peanut butter in my ears? <laughs> With a Bigfoot howl recording playing by you every 30 minutes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Awesome. See, who com- See who comes to visit. Oh, hi. Sorry. Hi. Yeah, sorry. Sorry I mixed up the name of that river. <laughs> <laughs> this punishment seems fair, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Awesome. Well, that's it, bro. I mean, you know, here it's we good. have people. Good people, people out there. Uh, uh, once again, uh, an avid hiker exercising, had been in this place numerous times, Probably has been in a hundred other places as well. And finally, she has her moment. And not expecting it, she made no comment, like, I'm out looking for Bigfoot. Uh, Stumbles upon this creature coming around a bend, probably nobody else there. And, uh, you know, extending her bound. Bill, you you know, I spend a fair amount of time in the woods. I mean, right here near my house... I hike at least three either mornings or nights, probably four miles mm-hmm. in the woods by myself. And I don't see another hiker. But yep. I am never out there saying I'm going to see a Bigfoot. Right. Like, I'm just not. And now yep. one day when it comes across, I'll be like, holy crap, what the hell is that? You know. Right. <laughs> and, I mean, we just we just booked. We're going up to uh, New England, up in the White Mountains. Up in Vermont, up in Maine, this summer, uh, you know, post uh, COVID, hopefully, mm-hmm. and uh, getting out of getting out of town for some serious hiking. And you know, I don't go up there thinking that we're going to see the hairy man. Nor when I, you know, right before COVID, when we were up in Alaska for two weeks with the the great brown bears, literally in the middle of nowhere. Like if you're going to see the hairy man uh, in a two week period, you were going to see him there. And but I still didn't think, you know, I didn't go there saying, "Oh, tonight I'm going to see the hairy man." It just doesn't yeah. work that way. No, no. Uh, it'd be nice to get some interviews from some uh, cats that live up there. Oh yeah, I'm sure if you chattered about it enough, you'd you'd run into. Uh, you'd run into some encounter stories. Well, and I haven't reached out to him yet, but I am going to go try to see our friend in Maine that uh, wrote in and told us to come and visit. The Lobsterman. The Lobsterman. I'll be up there, and Lord knows I love lobster. Yeah, and you know, he's on a little island there off the coast. More the better. So that would be uh, pretty spectacular, you know. Yeah, we'll be inland doing some hiking, and then we're going to... uh, Acadia National Park up there because I actually have not done any hiking in Acadia. Now it's a little island, I know, folks. Like you don't go to Acadia looking for the Bigfoot, but you know I've never hiked it, and it is one of the national parks, so I got to cross it off. Yeah, and I have uh, I have an encounter from right over there. Ooh. Yeah, husband and wife was stargazing. So there's a chance. There's a chance. Yeah. Uh, and don't forget, uh, these Bigfoot can swim, man. People have seen them in the water. Uh, so, uh, you know, people don't think that uh, they could do such things, but uh, there have been numerous sightings of Bigfoot engaged in the water. So you're telling me also don't go for a swim late at night well, off of Acadia. You know, I mean, if the uh, great whites don't get you, Bigfoot might. 
Yeah, if the great whites don't get you, the great black will. <laughs> <laughs> and and what he doesn't eat, the whites will eat. There you go. Aye. Scraps. Ay, ay, ay. So what do we got, bro, for our listeners' uh, mail today? Yeah, yeah, we got some good listener mail, Bill. And that was a great account, by the way. It's very vivid, and uh, I love it, you know, from these experienced hikers that are just out there and run into these creatures. Um, so this is from Joe in Michigan. Hey, you know, Joey. Michigan, to me, is the home of the dog man. Mm-hmm. This one's not about dog man, but still good. Joe says, I love your podcast. And he writes, Kevin and the other guy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's why I love him. (laughs) He says, I'm a Bigfoot. I'm a Bigfoot believer. I live in New Hudson, Michigan. It's about 45 miles outside of Detroit. I love your podcast and I can't wait to hear it. Recently, my dad got sick and passed away on Easter Sunday. Uh, so that's super sad. Yeah. We're sorry, Joe, and our prayers go out to you and your family. Mm-hmm. But he said, I can't wait to hear. Oh, I'm sorry. He passed away on Easter Sunday. But I'm, I'm a couple. So I'm a couple of weeks behind. But Kevin, one thing that my dad and I loved were the old warbirds to the point that I named my Great Dane Stuka. Ah. My dad's was Mesher Schmidt. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it is awesome, and, man. Yeah, and mine was P-51. Your guy's show was the same sense of humor uh, that we shared, and you guys are the greatest. And Bill, my wife and I always go out with more gun than we think we're going to need. <laughs> and my my little wife, while she's not little, she she does carry a tourist judge. I just want to tell you guys how much I love your show and have a great day from Joe in New Hudson, Michigan. Wow. Yeah, and based on the picture, you, we have a follow-up email from Joe where he sent us a picture of Stuka, his dog. Yeah, and Stuka was just as fearful as the original Stuka. <laughs> Big Great Dane, right? Painted in the desert camouflage. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a monster. You know, he he would certainly fend, fend off. Although, uh, most of the accounts that I hear of, the dogs are freaked out when a Bigfoot is they in are, the area. Yeah. Sometimes they're hiding under the house. Not a dog named Stuka. You know, yeah. but Stuka also is painted in that uh, Rommel Fox, North Africa, desert camouflage. I don't mean yeah. literally painted, but that's what his fur looks like. To yeah. Me. Yeah. He had that desert uh, sand. Exactly. Uh, fur sand on him. Spots know? on him. <laughs> uh, by, by the way, Joe and everybody else, I did post uh, yesterday, I think, uh, three more warbirds to our website. BigfootTerrorInTheWoods.com under fun stuff. I posted uh, the Spitfire Supermarine, the Dauntless SPD dive bomber, heavily weathered straight from the Battle of Midway, and my most recent recent project, the Pride of the Luftwaffe, other than the Stuka and the Messerschmitt, is the Folk Wolf 190. Yeah. So check them out. 
Yeah, awesome models, man. Yeah, Joe, thanks for the email, and so sorry about your dad, but it sounds like you had a great relationship with him, and that's what really counts. So Yeah, awesome, Joe. Thanks for chiming in with us, and say hello to your wife if you're listening. Hello! Yeah, and... Be careful. Be careful carrying around that judge, man. Holy <laughs> holy cow, man. A freaking judge is a meat grinder. I haven't shot one of those, but they've been at the range next to me, and it makes me jump out of my skin every time that thing <laughs> fires. <laughs> All right, our next note comes in from Richard from the UK. Uh-huh. And he says, hey, WJ. Okay, Rich, what about me? But he says, hey, what, hey, WJ, Rich from Birmingham again, uh-huh. listening to your podcast where someone from the UK said they had postage and packing price issues from Amazon. I can tell you I purchased two of your paperback books from Amazon UK. And he writes in parentheses, important, it's Amazon UK for under 10 pounds with zero P&P, which I think we would call postage and handling. Right. Um, anyway, I thought I was I thought it was important to get that message out to your UK audience. And thank you, Rich. That is important. And then he writes, hope yours and Kevin's family are all good. Rich in Birmingham, UK. P.S. The Michigan account today was brilliant, even though I had already read it. There's something about listening to it that is fantastic. Yeah. You know, and that's why we do it, folks. Uh, To read an account, to hand-deliver a story, uh, is is not the same as reading it in the paper. You might be in a certain mood, or it's late, or it's too early, or your eyes are tired. You're kind of reading too fast, too slow. So to have an account read to you, all you have to do is sit there with your can of Rheingold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With your can Meister of Rheingold. Meister yeah. please. Yeah, your can, your can of Schlitz <laughs> and your Denobly cheap-ass cigar. And all you have to do is listen. So uh, it's interesting, though, that he... People think, I've had people write to me and say, hey, Bill, you know, I live here and this and that. Folks, I have my books uh, published and sold through Amazon. Uh, They do the printing. They have the artwork and the type. And they create them for me uh, to order to send to you. So... When you write to me and say, hey, Bill, you know, I can't get one here. The only thing I can tell you is to contact Amazon. And uh, like Richard said, if you buy it through the location of where you live, uh, rather than buying it from Amazon U.S., uh, you know, you're not going to get a break on shipping and handling if you're ordering it through Amazon U.S. and then having it shipped to you overseas. Uh, so I don't know what else to say about that other than... No, it's just, good. I think, I think we got it covered. It's a great tip from Richard. Yeah, very good, Rich. Appreciate that. Yeah, all right. And our last letter tonight, Bill, mm-hmm. comes from the home of the Luftwaffe. Yeah. Yeah. 
Ja, Herrmann. FW190, beautiful. <lacht> Strudel. <lacht> Biersteins. Lederhosen. <lacht> so this comes from Karen with an I in Germany. She says, thank you. Danke. She didn't write Danke, but I wrote that. Does she have one I? K no K A R I N. Oh, oh, one the eye German in her way. name. I thought she yes. was called Karen One Eye. Karen One Eye, no. Karen spelled with an I. I am a great fan of your podcast. Not only the stories are wonderful, but also the two of you are. How can one say, so refreshing? I love your laughs, the way you present all, and of course, the stories. Uh-huh. Makes me listening with open mouth. I shut my mouth later. <laughs> I won't be open the whole time. Here in Germany, in Hamburg, North Germany, it's nearly 10 p.m. I soon go to bed. Because I'm a great radio fan, I love listening to the radio in bed. I put on my headphones because of my husband switched on my internet radio And on comes your podcast. You help me a lot, getting rid of things which worry me too much. Keep on your good work, even if it is a little spooky. I am in my cozy bed, husband next to me, cat at my side, on my duvet, and I feel safe. She had to mention the duvet, Bill, which we've covered that already. When I heard Hamburg... That's where the Beatles used to go and uh, play singing their songs in German. Is that right? Yeah, Hamburg. Yeah, yeah. They had a big German following uh, where they really cut their teeth uh, playing in, uh, I guess, a particular club over there, oh, maybe yeah. a couple Fantastic. of locations. Yeah, very popular place. And Karen says she wraps it up by saying, uh, thank you again so much. Love from Karen from Hamburg. Take care, stay healthy. By the way, tomorrow we get our first corona vaccine. (whistles) Congratulations, Karen. I'm so glad because I know I have friends in Austria and Germany and they haven't seen anything of the vaccine yet. So I know they're behind uh, as organized and and, uh, modern as they are in Germany and Austria. They just haven't had the vaccine yet. So it's fantastic that you're getting the first dose. Yeah, remember, Kev, they're only your friends until they launch the invasion. Well, you know, they are. <laughs> there is a new Stuka. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's a powerful nation, man. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, yeah. I mean, Kev, who would have thunk when we started this that we'd uh, be getting a fan mail from Hamburg, Germany? From Karen with an eye talking Karen. about her her vaccination yep. and listening to us at night. It's fantastic, Bill. Like, like we said, folks, when we started this podcast, you know, less than three years ago, I really I told Bill, we're lucky if we get our relatives to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, I don't think our relatives do listen to it, but everybody else does. Thank goodness. Yeah. 
Well, you know what I Jesus... Know, I know my family gets mad at me because I show up. I've told the stories. You know, I pull up places with the Bigfoot on my truck and stuff like that. And I see people with the Bigfoot stickers and I walk up to them and I say like, hey, uh, so you like you follow the hairy man? And they're like, oh, yeah, you know. And they tell me about their adventures, sleeping out, trying to find the hairy man. And I'm like, you listen to any podcasts? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, you know, Bigfoot Terror and the Wizard. Oh, it's one of my favorites. And I'm like, you know, I'm Kevin from Big Fraterian Woods. And they're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And meanwhile, my family's there like, oh, Dad, can you stop it already? Like with this? (laughs) Will you get in the truck? I want to go home. (laughs) You know what Jesus said, Kev? A prophet is never accepted in their own hometown. (laughs) I remember to tell the family that. Yeah. Yeah, so when, when we go Compare myself to Jesus talking to people in the parking <laughs> yeah. lot about the hairy man. <laughs> yeah, it's just that, uh, you know, either you get it or you don't. You know, your family and the locals are always going to look at you like some kind of schmuck. You know, whereas the people overseas are like, man, I love these guys. You know, how about that guy writing into us last week from Japan? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, it's freaking awesome. talk about far-reaching. Awesome stuff. Yeah, absolutely great. All right. Well, Bill, that's the last letter for tonight. And, folks, I want to thank you again for those five-star reviews. They keep pouring in. And if you haven't given us a five-star review lately, please leave us one right now from your favorite podcast player. It is virtually the only way we get new listeners to the podcast and if we get new listeners, we're able to continuously improve the quality of the podcast and keep on that critical seven-day schedule. So thank you so much. Give us a five-star review. Yeah, and uh, please go out and make a purchase of some of the books. Read them to your sons, your daughters, your grandchildren, or for yourself. And by the way, if you should find yourself Stomping around in the Banff National Forest this weekend. I would advise you to do just one thing. And that is... Always carry more gun than you think you're gonna need. Sleep tight. <laughs>